1: Rams, and welcome back to another edition of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins, and sitting virtually I... across from me <laughs> is Mr. Wally Phelps. Hello, I was going to introduce myself, but uh, <laughs> I, kept talking. I, didn't, I didn't mean to step on your toes there.
0: <laughs>
1: That's alright, they're
0: pretty fat toes.
1: <laughs> um, if you're confused about uh, hey, wasn't Jacob Craig, the co-host of Open Micers, supposed to be here tonight talking about Resident Evil 4? Yes, that was supposed to happen tonight, but uh, this has been a been a rough weekend, and uh, Jacob lost his father Friday night, so he's going to be taking a little time off from the podcast, so I asked Mr. Phelps to join me again here tonight, and you guys love him. You know, you love him, he's the fact checker, and he's here to, uh, to help out. When I need him and thank you so much for that. You you love him. Citation needed. (laughs) So how was your weekend?
0: Um I don't know. It was weird. Um it nothing really interesting other than what we already discussed happened. So um yeah, I, I went out
2: and went thrift shopping, hopefully. I was trying to find something that I could pick up and
0: because this show really got me thinking about uh, going to thrift shops and stuff like that, so I actually went to uh, the thrift store and the only thing interesting that I found was a a Vornado uh, humidifier because the first thing that popped in my head was who buys a humidifier in one of the most humid (laughs) locations on the face of the earth
1: I know, my mom used to have a humidifier for me when I was a kid, because I used to have bronchitis and I was a sickly little kid, and she used to put mm-hmm. a humidifier in my room all the time. And now that I'm older, I'm like, why? We, why? we live in a place where there's 100% humidity at all times. Mm, yeah, I mean... You can't make the air like... any wetter than it already is. <laughs>
0: Right, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, you walk outside on a hot day and it feels like you walked into a swimming pool. Yeah, and I don't know how that's possible, but it is. <laughs> if you've never been here in the heat of summer, like July eighth, yeah, <laughs> and walked outside, you just do not know what. The... I mean, I know people who are like, "Oh, it's nice and warm and everything like that." I mean, you need to come here. Because I swear to God, when you're peeling your underwear from your thighs, you will not be <laughs> as happy about it as you think you will be. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that just, that's so weird. Like, I I see people out in the, you know, it would make sense if we lived in, like, Arizona or something to have a humidifier. It makes zeros. It's like yeah. it's like Eskimos buying uh, bags of ice. Like, it makes no sense. <laughs>
0: Like, well, this one makes the Sonic guys. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> there, uh, you know,
0: it's funny because you, you mentioned uh, an arid area. I mean, I visited Las Vegas and it was like 80 something degrees. And I swear to God, it felt like it was like 54 or something <laughs> like that to me. Cause it was like, this is nice. I like this. And then I'm getting electrocuted by everything because of how still
2: the air is. There's, so, you know, it's, there's a trade
1: off, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, I, I went this weekend. Uh didn't go really do any thrift shopping, but uh, do you? If you if you're not from here, those who listen that are from here, do you remember Josette's was a very oh, yeah. kind of famous costume shop in downtown Beloit? Yeah, I
0: drove by there uh, gosh a year ago or something like that, and. It- brought back memories but yeah, I know. Uh,
1: they're turning what's it into there now? they're turning it into uh high level apartments or something like that like 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 or apartments or townhouses or something like that cuz that was a really large building so they was a very building. large building but uh, they used That's to be probably this...
0: part of the reason why it went out of business
1: yeah <laughs> and, and the well I think Miss Josette was planning on retiring for a while and then the pandemic kind of Sealed that fate. But I uh, used to rent. It's closed
0: right before that.
1: Oh, did it? I thought it. Yeah, like
0: like 2012 or no, something.
1: It hasn't been that uh-huh. long. Yeah. I'm going to look this up. You, you look that up. It's only been a couple of years. But, uh, but they had this big sale this weekend at the D'Iberville Civic Center. And they called it the Mystical Market. And they had a bunch of old Josettes costumes and Halloween decorations and things like that uh, this weekend. So we went to that, and uh, I I bought a basket of Highlander VHS tapes, and that was pretty awesome. All right, I
2: was wrong, but it was before the pandemic. It was 2019.
1: Okay, yeah, I was going to say, it's just fairly recently. That they closed.
2: Wow, they were in business for 47 years. Mm -hmm. Longer than I remember. uh, I remember running a tux there uh, and the button popped off. Because I'm a
0: fat guy. (laughs) I got real worried that they were going to charge me for it. But, you know, I had the uh, the, the button in my pocket. So it was like.
1: I uh, tried on uh, it. They let me try on a full on Darth Vader costume there once. The uh, the actual Lucasfilm-molded uh, Darth Vader suit that they had. Um, roughly early 2000s, I'd say around, I think it was the Revenge of the Sith that uh, mm. they put out that Darth Vader costume, and I got to try it on. And uh, they were going to charge me like $250 to rent it, plus a $250 down, uh, deposit. And I was just I remember like, you talking about that. Isn't that what you were
0: going to do yeah. in, in uh that costume party that we went to that one time that yeah. you drove around on the
1: yeah. riding lawn motor and <laughs>
2: tried
0: to jump in the pool?
1: Yeah. I ended up being Batman that year, but uh but I just couldn't afford it. I mean, that's a lot of money. Especially in two you know, in two thousand five or six whenever that was. You know, five hundred dollars mm-hmm. is a lot of money to throw down for renting a, co- just renting a costume for a night, right? but it was a, it was a cool costume. It would have been hot as hell. Cause it's like that it weighed about 200 pounds and was kind of like wearing uh, a blanket, you know, with the, the suit you had to put on. <laughs> so I would have been sweating to death inside that thing in the humidity. Not so much here. of a suit than a suit because you know wearing that in October down here in the south would would have been not too good cuz like we said before it's too hot it's too humid i would have died in that suit i would have looked like the real Anakin Skywalker if i walked around in that suit look
2: that, those ghostbusters
0: costumes are pretty pretty warm oh, considering yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to get myself, a, like, a summer wear one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that I'm going to wear instead. Get,
1: get you, get you a, uh, an extra flight suit and just cut the legs off and make jorts out of them. <laughs> I'm
0: going to look like a, US, uh,
1: a uh, UPS driver. Uh, Am I, I seeing any ghosts? Dude, or me consigned for this package? I would pay to see that. If you do that, I will buy the flight suit for you. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm going I mean if I buy something like that it's going to be like
0: made that way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if the listeners if we get if we get a petition going with the listeners and they they want you to uh, be the uh, the U- the ghostbusters UPS man, would you do it? If we got enough people to uh, sign a petition.
0: If, if we meet the Patreon goal <laughs> of $100 a month we're
1: already almost there. We're very close.
0: Oh damn! But you're gonna
2: have to buy the thing. <laughs> All
1: right, we'll see. We get to a hundred dollars a month, and we'll we'll force Wally to to cut his cut his flight suit into shorts and look uh, like Reno nine one one. I want to see this. I want to see it. But uh, before we go down another dark path, let's go ahead and move into the news, shall we? And some of tonight's stories were submitted to us by Armez Jackson. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And the first story is from nintendoeverything.com. Taito Milestones 2 has been announced for the Switch. Taito Milestones 2 is in development for the Switch. Taito just announced a release is planned for August in Japan. Is confirmed to include Benbiro Bay. How do you say that? Uh, Dino Rex, Gun Frontier, Kiki Kaikai, Kai, Liquid Kids, uh, Metal Black, <laughs> The Legend of Cage, and the New Zealand story. However, this isn't the full lineup. Additional titles will be made will be made known in the future. Uh, so, did you ever play any of the the Taito games back in the day?
0: 90% sure only one of these was
1: released in the United States. Well, I'm sure they'll have a, uh, a lot of U.S. titles, too, on there. Well,
0: if this says in Japan, and the first one was only in Japan, so I don't know... Oh, it released in the West a couple months later. The... What what was on the first one, then?
1: Um, I don't remember. I remember us talking about it. Let's see. Taito Milestones games list All right, let's see. Let's see. Here we go.
2: It has
1: Kicks. Yeah, it's got K- Kicks QIX 1981. Okay. Puzzle. Okay. Uh let's see. Let's see Kicks the 1981 puzzle game uh P- Space Seeker. My um Alpine Ski Frontline Wild Western Chack and Pop, Elevator Action, The Fairyland Story, Helly's Comet, and the Ninja Warriors. Okay,
0: so like all the games
1: I've heard of are on that one. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's on sale right now. If you want to pick up the original Taito Milestones, right now it's on sale for fifteen ninety nine, which actually is not a bad price for that at the moment. Bad price. I mean,
2: if I had a Switch, still I would. I I might pick. Now you're up next. Uh, so, action platformer Mangavania heading mm. to Switch this month.
0: Um, that is a... I was watching the trailer here and now it won't let me move out of it. Okay. It was a... Uh, sometimes you... I'm sorry, I thought I was reading this in the middle of the, of the sentence, but this isn't the name of the company. Sometimes you will publish Mangavania. You specifically, Jason, you will yeah. sometimes publish the <laughs> Sometimes game I will. On... Not
1: all the time, but sometimes. <laughs> sometimes you, which is the name of the company. That's not a good name for a company. Mangavania. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just How not...
0: are you going to Google that
1: company? Exactly. <laughs> who, That's not a good name. Who is in charge
0: of the SEO of this company? <laughs> <laughs> you, you will publish Mangavania on Switch this month. The company has announced a release is planned for April 26, 2023. That's just a couple days from now. Uh, Megaville is an old-school action platformer game with pixel art graphics. Here's a brief overview as shared by sometimes you, specifically Jason. Join the adventure as Yuhiko, a young ninja who has gone to the underworld to find a cure for his brother. Free the lost souls to advance to the next level. Find spirits in secret places. They will tell you a story or give you advice. Explore dungeons, fight monsters, and meet new friends. And it has a trailer here. I watched it earlier,
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, and it looks very similar to... Um, oh God, what's the name of that game? I
2: can't think of it. But the one
0: that uh, has Megalovania on it. Uh, but it didn't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh it will cost $4.99 on the e Switch eShop. If you pre-order the game, you'll get a discount. Uh a dollar off. <laughs> it's $3.99. Um, so that's interesting. Um,
1: so it's a whole bunch of things I've never heard of before. Yeah. Sometimes you. Um, um I, I looked at the trailer and I'm I'm not a big fan of the black and white um uh, uh, aesthetic that it has. It's just yeah, it reminds me
0: of an old Early eighties late seventies computer
1: game, yeah it does uh, um uh but if i mean if you're into you know that kind of just action platformers like old school, but with very minimal graphics, <laughs> that's kind of what this yeah. is it's uh i
2: mean some people might like it i i mean as far as this kind of graphic Graphical decision is concerned.
0: Yeah. I mean, the artwork is rather interesting.
2: Heck, I might
1: even try it. Who knows? Oh, yeah. I don't have a Switch anymore. Okay. Boo. Uh, uh, your turn. <laughs> Up next, we have the uh, from NintendoEverything.com IGS Classic Arcade Collection revealed and released on Switch. IGS Classic Arcade Collection has not only been revealed for Switch, but it is also available right now worldwide. It includes eight classic games, specifically Knights of Valor, Superheroes, Knights of Valor Plus, Knights of Valor 2, Nine Dragons, Oriental Legend, Oriental Legend Spooky, Martial Masters. uh, Martial Masters? Is that Martial Mathers' uh, evil twin brother, Martial Masters? My name is. (laughs) My name is uh, Demon Front and The Gladiator. Online multiplayer is supported as well. Uh, Let's see, is there a price for it? Uh, you can choose up to four players to compete online, work together with your friends to overcome boss. Uh, let's see. $29.99 uh, on the eShop right now. So $30 bucks <laughs> for the IGS Classic Arcade Collection. Did you ever play any of these classic arcade games? I don't think I have. I have. I, no, I've never even heard of all of these. Um, Maybe The Gladiator? Maybe. Maybe.
0: Are you not entertained? Yeah, I was
1: just thinking. But, uh, does it have a Russell, little Russell Crowe on the screen? He's like yells at you on the screen. Are you not entertained? Listen, I mean,
0: I'm very interested in Oriental Legend Spooky. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to know what this is.
1: That sounds fun, actually.
0: It, it really does. Like, I'm going to have to name my game
1: buff, post spooky (laughs) spooky Mulder, like X Files.
0: (laughs) Uh, let's see the next one. Uh, Tron identity gameplay. Now, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to show people on an
1: audio podcast. Yeah, I mean, here (laughs) it's it's got an overview, uh, of of about the game because there's a new Tron game. Uh, I should have saved this one for me to read, but there is a Tron game I've been reading about on Twitter for a while now. It's called uh, Tron Identity. Um, and It's not
0: really even a game. It's a visual novel.
1: Yeah, um... But it, it said, here's the overview for us. It. it says, in a, in a new grid forgotten by its creator and left it alone to evolve without user intervention, an unprecedented crime has been committed. The repository stands at the center of this society. In the aftermath of a break in, the future of this grid hangs in the balance. Tron Identity is a visual novel adventure following Query, a detective program tasked with uncovering the mystery of what was taken and by whom. Finding yourself in a world built on unstable foundations and filled with whispered knowledge. It's up to you to question suspects and investigate your surroundings and piece together the truth. And it sounds to me that it's going to be more like, um, have you heard of a game called Disco Elysium? Where it plays more like a uh, a novel than an actual game. This sounds like yeah. it's going to be in that same vein.
2: It's funny
0: because it, it kind of reminds me of the games that Josh was making in. Pig. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it it's interesting. I would like to see how this all plays out. It is it, it, it fascinating to me that you would take the Tron IP and instead of making a game with it,
1: you make yeah. a visual novel. Yeah. Like it's about video games,
0: <laughs> and none of the characters we know are in it. Yeah, so it's I fascinating it, that you would make that decision.
1: It was developed by the uh, the, the team behind Thomas was Alone and Subsurface Circular. Um, and I've heard a lot of good stuff about those games. I've never played I them before. Uh, you have played those?
0: No, I've heard of them. Oh, yeah. Um, actually I mean, it
1: seems it. like it has a good pedigree behind it, but like you said, it's kind of a weird sort of thing to just do a visual novel of instead of actually making a game, because what do we all want to do? We all want to play Light Cycles. That's what we want to do. I doubt there's going to be light cycles in this yeah. considering the the way it's described. <laughs> yeah. But it is available now. Um I might actually check it out once I'm done playing all the stuff I'm playing because I love Tron. You know Tron's one of my favorite things ever. So uh I'll I'll try it out just to to see what it's like. It depends on how much it costs. If like if this is a $60 game, I'm I might be a uh, wait until it comes down, but I'm not sure what it's okay. going to cost. What'd you say? I missed that.
2: I would pass if yeah. it's $60. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. Maybe 15 or 20 uh, That seems like a, a good spot for this type of game.
0: Since you read most of that, I'll go ahead and take the next one. Okay. Um, two brand new Game Boy platformers are up for pre-order. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, you heard that. Yes. <laughs> Although you might not believe it, the Game Boy remains a vibrant platform for small devs continuing to explore the handheld's potential several decades after its 1989 launch, and publishers are publishers, publishers are still producing physical games for it, according to NintendoLife.com. Soft is one of the most prolific publishers in the Neo-retro space, and has two new Game Boy titles lined up for release in the middle of May pre now live the first is yosai wars i guess i think i'm saying
2: that right a cute platformer for game boy color developed by felix m a makete that follows
0: the deterioration of the alliance between junk food and the tooth fairies <laughs> as the grub attacks and captures the fairy's castle ladies and gentlemen what are you doing? <laughs> you need to pre order this now. I uh, love it. There, there's this whole oh my god, it, there's a lot of lore here.
1: Yeah, I know. But, you <laughs> don't Lord have to me. read all that if you don't want to. I just, I just you this
0: peace and tranquility <laughs> it would be an alliance between junk food and the elegant food fairies. Like yeah, <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Uh, The second one's called Athletic World. A boy and a girl are bored playing a ball game when a cat and a dog show up out of nowhere and they all go on an exciting new adventure. (laughs) That one sounds far less
1: exciting. Yeah. (laughs) How was that the pitch for the game when they made it? Like, okay, here, picture this a boy and a girl bored children, bored playing a ball game. When a cat and dog show up out of nowhere, then they go on an adventure.
2: Brilliant! What do they? What kind of adventure? A new
1: adventure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's all the money. Uh,
0: both Yosai Wars and Athletic World are up for pre-order on the Bitnack Soft site for forty-five pounds each. Man, that's good. i I'm, I'm so fat. Available in digital physical <laughs>
2: forms,
1: The mid made dispatch date. Uh forty five pounds. The box is a really cool looking game. Forty five pounds? These are heavy games. <laughs> how would you how would you keep them in the game boy? Uh you get a workout and you play the games. Yeah, it doesn't have I wonder uh, it's called athletic world. I don't know what that translate to in dollars. I know the uh, the pound is a little less than the dollar right now. So I figure probably somewhere around forty bucks each. Probably. Yeah, something like that. Seriously, Yosai Wars sounds amazing. Yeah. I like dude, that's a if you haven't checked it out, this is on NintendoLife dot com. Just go read the article. It tells you the whole story of uh the Yosai Wars. I mean, I would play a full on sixty dollar uh triple A title that is right a, a fight between junk food and tooth fairies. Like that just sounds great. Like there's there's
0: some screenshots here. One of them's a it looks like a tooth fairy throwing a, a tooth
2: <laughs> and it says stage
0: clear and it is the most
1: bizarre thing yeah you will see today. Uh I, I dig it. it. I would, If I had a Game Boy Advance, I would probably buy these. Put up and take my pounds. (laughs) Yeah, take my pounds. Uh, That (laughs) brings us to the end of the news. Uh, I think we're going to skip this month in video game history. I had a couple things here. I'm going to save those for next week. And uh, we're going to go ahead and jump uh, almost to the review for tonight. But first, before I do that, I have some shout-outs to do. Because we, guess what? Out there. If you're listening to this, guess what? We have a Patreon, and if you join our Patreon, you get all kind of cool stuff. You get you get early access to the commentary tracks, which we are recording this month's commentary track uh, in just a few days, Uh, and we're gonna do the winner of last month's um, Patreon poll, which was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original 1987 series. We're gonna do the first couple episodes because something happened. I don't remember what exactly. Oh yeah, it wasn't available to stream. Yeah, oh, we can watch it. <laughs> and uh so we have a way to watch it this month. And um, it's on Apple Plus if you're out there and you want to follow along when we drop it. It's on Apple Plus, and um so we're gonna do that this week. And uh uh you're if you're a patron, you get that way earlier than everybody else. So go over to patreon.com slash retro and for as little as a dollar a month, you help us out. And we have some shout outs right now of our lovely patrons. We have a new patron. Just recently joined, and want to shout out Raven, our newest patron, uh, Miss Danny House, Mr. Justin Nispel, John West, Daniel Salmon, Mr. B-Rez Coffee himself, Mike Eveland, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Carlos Longoria, aka I am the Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Joey Image. And Mama Diamond herself, Donna Diamond, our lovely patrons over there on Patreon.com slash NerdCaveRetro. And if you're a new patron, don't forget, send us your social media info either on Twitter, Facebook, email, or on Patreon so we can give you a proper social media shout out. Hey Derek, have you heard the news? What news? We officially have our very own line of coffee at BResCoffeeCo.com. That's right, Nerd Cave Retro now has its very own medium roast coffee. If you want to try it yourself, or even some of the other awesome flavors like Wizard's Potion, which is a butterscotch, caramel, and hazelnut flavored roast. Or the Dragon's Breath Roast, which is a cinnamon dolce flavored roast. They have tons of different flavors, and you can also just get a regular Colombian roast and add any flavor to it that you want. They even keep their seasonal roasts all year round. If you need that boost to get you through those all-night gaming sessions, then head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the promo code NCR for 10% off your order. And guess what? Rock. Guess what I'm talking about tonight? You want to hear what I'm talking about tonight? Here we go.
0: What is it?
1: that makes you happier than the legend of zelda music um
0: yes yeah but uh it's up there uh i do have to say that i couldn't hear that it's the way it sounded to me on my end was glados humming the legend of zelda theme and it was
1: bizarre i gotta figure out why when i'm recording (laughs) um uh, apparently, Audio Hijack doesn't allow Zoom uh, to hear the, the the soundboard, so I got to get that fixed. But other than that, tonight I'm talking about The Legend of Zelda: The Minish Cap. It is a, is an action adventure video game and the twelfth entry into the Legend of Zelda series. Twelve. It was the twelfth one, it was, and it was developed by Capcom and flagship and with Nintendo overseeing the development process. It was released for the Game Boy Advance in Japan and Europe in 2004 and in North America and Australia the following year. It continues the story of the Four Sword, uh, a weapon introduced in Four Swords and Four Swords Adventures. The game retains many elements common to previous Zelda games, especially top-down predecessors such as A Link to the Past, and that includes new features and mechanics. And I'll be honest... This game was never on my radar because I was not uh I was not a handheld gamer. Never really been a handheld gamer until the Switch. And I had an original Game Boy oh, back in the day. You any other way. Yeah, well, I mean, I dock mine sometimes and play it on the TV, but most of the time it's spent uh on the couch playing it while watching TV or whatever. Um so the fact that Nintendo is putting the Game Boy Advance stuff and the Game Boy stuff on Switch Online is a good thing because uh, I missed out on a lot of good games uh, especially right. over the last few weeks pl- uh, you know playing Metroid uh Metroid Fusion specifically and now Zelda the Minish Cap which was never never on my radar because I was always a console gamer or PC gamer and was just, I'm not, you know, was just, I was not going to buy a handheld device to play games on. It just wasn't part of my personality. It just was not my thing. And it sucks because I've missed so many good games because of that attitude. It wasn't, you know, I never really got
0: into it myself other than I bought a a game boy SP whenever the one that looked like an NES came out and I bought excite bike on it and Mario brothers three. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And so I did miss out on everything because I only bought games. I had already owned before,
1: (laughs) (laughs) but the, the, you know, I, I love the legend of Zelda games, but these were just never on my radar. And playing it the last week or so, I've gotten the same feeling from playing this game that I did when I. And to be fair, the Link to the Past is still my all time favorite Legend of Zelda game. And this game is in that same vein of A Link to the Past. There are some, you know, gameplay mechanics that are wildly different than that game. Like that game, you know, you go between the two worlds, the the light world and the dark world, um, that sort of game mechanic. With this one, you have a shrinking mechanic because you are uh, working. (laughs) There are these things in the game called the Minish, and they are tiny little people uh, who live in the world, and adults can't see them, only children. They only interact with children. Uh, And... You being a a child, Link as a child, you can use certain things to shrink. Okay, let me back up a little bit. (laughs) They call the game the Minish Cat because the hat you wear, you get this hat in the game. And it turns out, this is a little bit of a spoiler, but the hat turns out to be a Minish Wizard. Who was, uh, his apprentice became evil and put a spell on him to where he became a hat and he sort of looks like a cross between a hat and a stork kind of uh and so he becomes Link's hat <laughs> throughout the game. And I don't know what Nintendo has with sentient hats. Um it reminds me a lot of Mario uh the new, was it Mario uh what was the newest Mario uh, Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. So it's sort of like that where you can, you know, talk to your hat, your hat gives you advice, tells you where to go, what to do, kind of th- type of thing. And you whenever you get to these certain spots where you it, 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 like a pot that will be uh you know, glowing. You stand next to the pot, you hit the right button and you the you fly up on top of the pot and the bird starts chanting weird uh spell stuff and you shrink down tiny. Uh people can't see you <laughs> but then you can talk to the minish people that are around, you know, like they have little little doorways in the houses and you know outdoors too like you uh go to the little towns of the uh the people the little tiny people in the uh and you do stuff for them and they give you a sword and they help you rebuild the sword. You know, you look you're looking for uh, the four elements in the game, which is, is sort of like that, um, where you're looking, sort of like where you're looking for pieces of the Triforce or whatever, but you're looking for elements pieces, and they infuse the sword that you have with those element pieces to make it. I guess, and I guess eventually it's going to become the Master Sword with all four elements. Like, uh, I've already gotten two of the elements in the game. And that's another thing. I haven't finished the game. I'm I'm probably seventy five percent through the game. Um, and the only reason I'm reviewing it early is because Jacob's not here tonight, uh, to do Resident right. Evil Four, and this is the only thing I've been playing for the last like week and a half. But, uh, but I'm 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 actually in the the dungeon for the third piece of the element that I'm looking for right now. I've already fused the first two elements into the sword, making it stronger, and uh, it's it's a lot like. Link to the Past, like the, the way the dungeons are set up, the boss fights, are very, very much like uh, Link to the Past, so it's in that vein of A Link to the Past. And also being Capcom, Capcom very rarely makes bad games, and I think it's a really good marriage between Nintendo and Capcom to do Zelda games. This is a, a a good little baby that they made. Yeah. Oh, and the the people they're they're not called uh, Minish. They're, um, the the your cap is Minish, and uh, the people, the little tiny people, are called the Pocky.
0: Wait a minute now! <laughs> I've I've gone this whole review thinking that they were called the Minish. Wait. How in the world are you going to change this up on me in the middle of the middle <laughs> well, of the show?
1: Uh, The the Picori, that's right. I'm trying to keep all this straight. Okay, here, let me read this for you. Centuries ago, Hyrule was ravaged by evil forces until the Picori, a race of tiny creatures, bestowed a young hero with the Picori blade and the light force, using both to trap the world's evil in a chest. The grateful people of Hyrule would hold an annual Picori festival, with legends stating that a door between their worlds would open every 100 years, allowing the Picori to return. In the present, Link accompanies Princess Zelda to the Picori festival. Uh, let's see, uh, let's see. The Picori who call the yeah the Picori who call themselves Minish, the uh, task Link with retrieving the four elements magic stones needed to restore. <laughs> the Pakori blade, because <coughs> uh, the Vati, who is the bad guy in the game, Vati shows up at, at the festival, and he turns Zelda to stone. And the only way to free her is for um, is to, for Link to uh, you know, get the four elements and fight him to return her to normal. And so you've got the Vati, who is the bad guy, um, and Aslo is the magical hat. Um, who uh, link gets <laughs> he is a minish, but he his name is Eslo and he is now a hat because he's been uh cursed by vati that face
2: <laughs> I, uh, I,
0: I don't know what to say you know i could <laughs> i mean first I was led to believe that there were that that all of them were called the Minish. Now only some of them are called the
1: Minish. Well, they call and themselves the, other ones, the Minish. The humans call them Pic- Picor- Well, yeah, the humans call them Picori. They call themselves Minish.
0: It's like whenever, you know, we have um it's like whenever we call a country something else. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they have, have a totally different name for it.
1: So basically, uh Vati shows up, turns Zelda to stone. Um, and you are tasked with uh the to go get the four elements to uh, reforge the sword uh to become the four sword, which then you take on vati to uh return Zelda to normal human form so that's the plot of the game speechless. <laughs> I mean it. It is a little convoluted because, yeah, Zelda games can be a little convoluted sometimes. Yeah, but when you're playing, at least it's
0: not Final Fantasy or Metal Gear.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean it's a Zelda game. It's a top-down traditional Zelda game where you have the map out before you. Um, there are certain places you can't go until you, uh, not necessarily level up, but you go through and you get, um, you get different things. Like you get the, uh, the Pegasus boots, which you can't go into the swamp until you get the Pegasus boots and you, um, you get, uh, you get, you get your bombs, which you can blow up the walls with. And then you have this one cool little, um, secondary weapon that is like a. I think it's a pot, but it acts like a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so you can use it to like either blow things different directions. Like if when you're a minish, when you're tiny, you're a Pakori, there are certain places where you have to stand on a, a leaf and navigate like a river, and you have to use it to kind of uh, blow yourself where you're, you need to go. And um, you can use it to... Um, uh, like suck up a rock and like throw it at things. <laughs> it's kind of cool, It's it? You have to just sort of see it to understand how it works. Uh, of course, you get your other weapons, like you get arrows and things like that. Uh, but you all are saying of...
0: that Link has a gun.
1: Yes, pretty <laughs> much. He has an air gun, basically. Yeah, it's it's almost like a t-shirt cannon that, that works like a vacuum cleaner <laughs> and a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> take this <laughs> <laughs> Take this take it. Um the music's great in the game. It is it is uh you know straight up Zelda ass Zelda music. Um and the, the, the graphics are sort of a mix of Link to the Past, but also Wind Waker in a very if that makes any sense, like it's got like a very yeah. cartoonish look to it, um, a little more cartoonish than Link to the Past, like it's very stylized, but it's it has that 16 bit like cleanness to it, you know what I'm saying? I love some 16 bit cleanness, yeah, <laughs> I don't know any other way to say it. Like, the graphics... well, I know what you
0: mean, it's it's got that because, like, whenever you made that leap from 8 to 16, suddenly everything felt like it had more depth.
1: Yes. It. It's got depth. It's like, got color to it. Everything looks ca- like candy. You know, like, you know, like, like you going
0: can, from Saturday morning cartoons to who framed Roger exactly. Rabbit. Exactly.
1: <laughs> like it just, it looks so good. And uh, the character models are, are fantastic. Like I, I love the way, and there are actually times in the game that actually make me laugh, like made me laugh out loud. There, there is a part where you're in one dungeon And you have to, um, jump in a, um, uh, what do you call it? Like a, a rail, not a rail car, but, um, like a dungeon cart, like a rail cart and a dungeon, like, um, like, uh, Indiana Jones, like temple of doom. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. And as soon as you jump in it, it like takes off so fast. And link is kind of like holding on for dear life. And he's like screaming, (laughs) <laughs> while well, it's going through the mines. and it actually that's made like
2: me I laugh. <laughs>
1: exactly. Like, it made me laugh because it was just so funny looking. And there were times like that throughout the game where just little things would make me laugh. And I that's what I like about this game. Like it's just so there's so much care taken to just little things in this game. That was like a very
0: joyful game. It's like something yes. that you jump in and it's like, "This is great. I want to live here."
1: yeah, I mean if Texas. I would say if if you are into that era of you know the sixteen bit era like the the link to the past and um especially like um the the links awakening remaster, it's right. sort of somewhere in between those two uh graphically. But it's that same style of gameplay, same, um, you know, uh, solving puzzles, things like that. So if you're into that type of thing and you've never played this game, you are missing out. I missed out on this game for 30 years now. I could have played this game and never did. But now I'm glad that I finally am getting to play it because it is completely worth every second that I've put into it.
0: Oh my god, I can't believe how old this game is. And it feels like it just came out.
1: You know what I'm saying? It does. It really, it's really so does. It's so bizarre to me. And, you know, it came out in Japan in 2004, North America in 2005. I really do think that this should have been... I mean, this would have been at the tail end of the Super Nintendo. I really think this would have kept the Super Nintendo alive for a few more years. Because... The N64 Didn't came the Xbox out.
0: Xbox 360 come out? I mean, uh, yeah. Oh, the no, I'm thinking 95. Not,
1: not 2000. Like, I, I don't know what I'm thinking right now. Sorry, I, my brain's not working. Uh, I was thinking 1994 <laughs> and 95. I don't know why. Your brain not think so good. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I had a lot going on today. Um, but yeah, yeah. 2005. Uh, but I really do think this would have fit into if, the, the Super Nintendo era. If this like could have released it
0: on Super Nintendo, and it would have been great.
1: Yeah, I feel like if this had been released, you know, 10 years prior, in 1995, not 2005, if it was released in 95, towards the end of the Super Nintendo, it would have kept the Super Nintendo alive a few more years. And I really feel like this would have been, like, a classic uh, Zelda game.
2: I mean, it sounds like it is a classic Zelda
1: game. I mean, I'm pretty sure it is. You know, it is in the Zelda community. But like I said, I love Zelda games, but I never played these. I never played this one. I never yeah. played uh, the Four Swords, which I very much want to now, now that I know what these now games... Now that you know what's going on. Yeah, now you that know, I, And I that's
0: it, really the yeah. thing, because I remember when these games came out, they were on, like, I remember reading online reviews for these games. And it feels weird to me that we're talking about these in a context of retro gaming. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Because I was an adult when this came out. (laughs) you know, so I am very much upset about all of this. Yeah, but here's the thing. Even though it came out, it technically came out in 2004 in Japan. That's only one more year to make 20 years. And that's... Twenty years ago, two decades ago, this game came out.
0: Closing my computer.
1: <laughs> but it is completely in that Super Nintendo area, uh, uh, and this would have fit in the Super Nintendo on the Super Nintendo, and I kind of wish it had. You know, I wish, I wish I, I would have had uh, a Game Boy Advance to play these because right. it's. Dang. It's really, it's it's scratching my Zelda itch, waiting for Breath of the Wild, is what it's doing. Nice. Because that, that it's not long to wait for Breath of the Wild. Oh, a few more weeks. <clears throat> um, I'm not playing it, but... I know uh, you're, not, I'm, you're a joyless... I am excited for everyone, to be <laughs> you're, honest, huh? You're a joyless gamer. <laughs> I am a joyless gamer. I only play games I hate. <laughs> I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> but no, it, it it's one of those things where I know so many people are excited about this game coming, and it it really does my heart good to see everybody so unified in a single thing of... Uh, you know, not many releases are like that nowadays.
1: Yeah, I just really hope in the new Breath of the Wild 2, I hope they give me a mechanic in the game that allows me to repair my weapons, because I don't like that mechanic of the weapons. Oh, breaking. Uh,
0: I, I read somewhere that they're actually going to make it twice as easy to destroy your weapons, and you will not be able to repair
2: them. <laughs> no,
1: sir, I don't like it.
0: <clears throat> <laughs> and then. Uh, uh, Miyamoto san will give you the finger every time it happens. <laughs>
1: yeah. Every time it happens, just a picture of him giving the middle finger pops up on the screen. <laughs> uh, it, it, this was the best selling game in his debut <laughs> week in Japan, selling 97,000 copies. Uh, it didn't it, sound like a lot, but you know. It's Japan, though. For a, for a Game Boy, I guess. Uh, It had a total of 350,000 copies overall in Japan. In North America, it sold 217,000 copies in its first month, Uh, being the fourth best-selling game of the month. Um, Let's see. By March 2005, it had already sold 1 million units worldwide. Uh, And In the United States alone, it sold uh, 680,000 copies, which doesn't sound like a lot, but... Still a lot for a handheld game.
0: Yeah, for a handheld. I mean, yes, the Game Boy is like the highest selling uh gaming platform. But at the same time, people only generally had one or two games for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's interesting to me that Zelda is such a huge phenomenon right now. And I am willing to bet that they're going to make a Zelda game. Uh, not a Zelda, I mean, a Zelda movie, oh. sooner than later. 100%. Like, within, the next, within the next
1: five years, we're going to have a Zelda movie. I bet we and get a Zelda movie announcement um, by the end of summer.
0: By the end of the year. I'm I i, I I'm a little less optimistic, but I always am. I will, I will say, say by yeah, the by the year,
1: end of the year. I agree with you. By the end of the year, we'll get an announcement.
0: Oh. Uh, they they will probably announce the second Mario Brothers by the end of the summer, um, because you know how they are. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there's also rumors going around that at Universal Studios Orlando, at the Islands of Adventure, they are going to put a Zelda um, attraction where the... Um, oh, I forgot the name of the thing, but you know... Remember that walk-through attraction where they had the gods fighting each other, and there's the water tunnel that you walk through, and the gods it's, fighting uh, each other. We, we I know we did it, because we were both there the same it day at the same familiar, time. It sounds
1: familiar, but I don't remember what it was. That's like a distant memory for me. <laughs>
0: I haven't heard about this, no. <laughs>
1: a long I can't remember time. the name of it. Oh, Poseidon's Fury
0: was
2: the name Poseidon's of Poseidon's
0: Fury, I remember that. Poseidon's Fury. They just closed it, and the rumored replacement's going to be Zelda. I'm there. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it could even be a walkthrough attraction, for all I care. I oh,
1: would 100% do that. That's awesome.
0: I mean, as much as I don't like playing the games, <laughs> I love the world of Zelda.
1: I think you would you actually know. enjoy this game, if you... You think so? If, I think you would. Because I it's, mean, it's not something that that takes a lot of brain power. I mean, there's Zelda puzzles. As are you, you saying I'm an idiot? No, I'm just saying it like it, it's very kind of relaxing to play. That is my type of game. I do like the relaxing like, game. And I like to explore that world, and it's not... You know, the boss fights are... Not so hard that, you know, like you you can figure out the mechanics pretty quickly of the boss mm-hmm. fights. And then the, just it's really just the exploration and finding, you know, different ways to get path, past certain obstacles. And that's the fun of the game to me is like finding the new ways to get somewhere, um, finding out the little, you know, doing the little puzzles. Like it's very, very, if you enjoyed Link to the Past, you'll very much enjoy this game. Very nice. Very nice. I mean,
0: now what would you say you would give it as far as a rating is concerned?
1: Um, uh, I don't feel fair giving it a rating because I'm not finished, but as far as, I'd say I'm three-fourths of the way through the game, and as of right now, I would give it a solid... I would give it an eight and a half right now. Well, that's not bad. Not bad for a game you haven't finished. And depending on the the ending of the game, Depending on how the final, you know, the, the final stretch of the game is, that that's what'll bring it up to a nine. Sorry, if, Link
0: our princesses in another castle. Yeah,
1: if I gotta go through the whole game again, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna bring it down to about a five. On a harder level, yes. <laughs> Which actually <laughs> honestly, it's not it it I've been playing the game for a quite a few hours now. Over the past two weeks, but you know, I only get to play a couple nights a week, um, probably two, three hours at a time. I'd say I'm probably t- uh, 10 hours in at this point, somewhere around there, but nice, it doesn't feel like I've been playing that long. And I feel it's one of those games I feel like once you know where everything is and what to do, you can smoke through it pretty easy.
2: Oh, okay
0: always got that speed on your mind. It's, yeah. it's like, I wonder how
1: fast I
2: could beat this game.
1: <laughs> and I, I think you could, if you knew where everything was and what to do, you could probably finish this in a couple of hours probably.
2: I wonder what the speed running uh, record is.
1: Um, Let's see. Minish, Cat. Cool. We'll both Google it Speed soon. run record. Alright, let's go to
2: speedrun.com um any percent
1: 225 players right now uh the top player uh TGH has finished it in 1 hour 27 minutes and 40 seconds the second place is 1 hour 31 minutes
2: All right well that's not that's not bad at all mm
1: yeah usually every uh, everybody on the list here is hovering around in between uh one hour thirty minutes and one hour and forty you know one hour fifty minutes that seems to be the <laughs> speed run sure the
0: fastest one
2: hundred percent
1: run was two hours forty five minutes
2: yeah well so that's interesting
1: yeah. That's a lot of content right there. It is. Uh, uh, it's a great That sounds game. better to me. It's fun. I like it. I Should... highly, highly recommend it. But uh, anything else to add before we leave Legend of Zelda the Minish Cap? No, I have nothing to add about Zelda, now. Well, awesome. But before we go, um, what is going on over at Dead Game Pod?
2: We are a little late recording,
0: uh, and that's because, you know, uh, this has been a weird week. And uh, we plan on doing an episode tomorrow night, uh, which is the 25th for everybody listening. And the episode will be about Strider, so probably on the 26th.
1: Ooh, I love Strider. Uh
0: So we're going to do an episode on Strider. Um. So, if you go to deadgamepod dot com, you will find our link tree with all of our details. Uh, you are honestly, I think, I think our show is kind of evergreen. So you can go back and listen to any episode, yeah, and get something out of it. So I highly recommend listening to all of them. But I am biased
1: because I'm in it. Fun (laughs) fact, Strider was one of the very first games I ever beat on the NES.
2: I'm trying to think. I can't think. Of...
1: Originally, like when I was a kid, I don't think I've ever
0: beaten a game on, on the NES. Really? <laughs> yeah, I just never did. <clears throat> yeah, I remember how. Ha- oh, I think... that's wrong. I, I beat Dino Wars.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: uh, it was something else. I, I'm I'm incorrect. I apologize. Yeah, um, Strider was one of the first games I managed to uh, defeat on the NES because I had a guide for it. I don't remember where I got the guide from, Uh, and it had a lot of, you know, it basically told you how to get through the game because there is a lot of different paths you can take through that game, Um, the way it's set up if you ever played Strider. It's a very good game. I really, really enjoy Strider. Um, I think I reviewed it on the show here i'm not sure i have to go back through the archives and see if i have it then i'm going to review strider here sometime soon Um, but there was the uh the uh, arcade version then the nes version there was a version for the genesis and are you guys talking about any particular one or just
2: particular version i don't think we're talking about any like we're just we always go over the history of the
0: game first, so we're probably going to talk about numerous different versions of the game. Yeah. So, uh but th- this is this is Carlos's topic, so it's not going to be a a you know, I don't I don't know how how detailed he's getting into it. But, <laughs> All right. Uh he is going to talk about like we always do what a modern update to it would be. So that's what it all boils down to so uh i'm excited to hear what his ideas are um because i don't have any
1: <laughs> uh but if you never played the nes game go play it it's really good um and also this week on the open micers podcast at open micers on twitter and instagram while he's gonna be joining me uh because like i said uh jacob um, i am Jacob lost his dad last week, so he's taking a little time off. I rescheduled our guests, so we're going to have another uh, Hostful Goodness episode between me and Mr. Wally Phelps. And I, I have a quiz for him this week, uh, a Dungeons & Dragons quiz we're going to go over. So Dungeons that... & Dragons quiz. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: uh, I'm going to get all these wrongs.
1: <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I think that's going <laughs> to do it for this week. Is there anything else before we walk out the door? no just look for me at the real big wall everywhere including patreon because i don't make a lot of money (laughs) awesome um here we go out the door if you would like to email us email us at nerdcaveretro gmail.com we are at nerdcaveretro.com which is our link tree that includes our facebook twitter instagram patreon and of course our merch shop and you can go there at ncrmerch.com where we have all kinds of different t-shirts, hats, stickers, magnets, bags, mugs, whatever your nerdy little heart desires. Follow us on social media at gave Retro at J at Derek underscore diamond, and at the real big wall. And if you would, please leave us a review and or a five-star rating on all podcasting platforms. So Wally, please tell them what it's all about. Uh, it's me. Come out to the coast. We'll get together.
2: Have a few laughs. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's.